Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Um, this is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. I should stop saying comedians because since the quarantine started, I really have been opening up to creatives, you know, filmmakers, really anyone. Uh, I mean, we had Randy Jones on and they're a film critic, but also very funny and did comedy. So um, I guess comedian, we're all comedians at heart. It's like when people say, I'm not a dancer. It's like, well... Everyone is a dancer. It's literally built in our DNA. And here I go rambling again. Um, so let's get on with the announcements. Um, I have a lot to get through in this intro, so I hope you listen to it. I'm excited for this episode, but I suppose if you don't like announcements, I'm gonna... Okay, this is my psychic brain doing this because I could very well just go back and listen, but I am doing this live. I'm gonna say this is gonna be an eight-minute intro. Okay, so see if I'm right. Skip ahead. All right. Uh, I have a Zoom show coming up on April 29th called The Good Good Laugh Show. This is a charity show I am producing in partnership with TAP LA. That's the Taiwanese American Network of Professionals. I spelled that wrong. It's the Taiwanese American Professional Network of Los Angeles. But you don't have to be Taiwanese to join. We're just putting it together. Of course, there will be Taiwanese people there. Uh, I don't know why that I feel like I need to say that. It's just a strange time to be on the internet. Um, so you know how that's a country that's not recognized by some other countries uh, that I won't say. So if I guess <laughs> that's an issue for you. Um, but other than that, it's just a standard comedy show featuring some of my favorite AAPI performers. Um, there are so many. I don't even like, I, I always feel weird announcing these shows like, oh, it's an like a Asian American showcase because there's so many Asian American comedians really that are not on the show that are also great so I just want to put that out there there's a lot going on in the next month which is May Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month all over so please definitely so go support those shows as well um, but this specific show that I'm producing on zoom on April 29th is all benefiting Stop AAPI Hate, um, which is a charity that is put together by three different nonprofit organizations that are actually concentrating their efforts towards activism um, act with actual actions to um, target the sort of rising hate crimes and um, in increase the knowledge of what's going on to the mass media. So uh, we just want to funnel our, all of our funds there because they're doing great work. 100% of ticket sales will go to that. If you are a member of TAP, I feel like the Venn diagram of listeners to my pod and TAP are zero. So, but I'm just going to mention it. If you are a member of TAP or you are Taiwanese and a listener and you want to become a member of TAP, you can join. I actually highly recommend it. Um, it's not like it sounds like networking but it's really just like it's a nice way to just meet other people around who uh, are in the industry because they often every industry uh is represented i would say entertainment is probably smaller i would say i represent the entertainment industry there and then of course there's engineering law medical whatever ton of stuff finance um but you know as with uh as with in entertainment a lot of us get separated because we become quote-unquote diversity hires their words not mine so it's a nice way to just meet other Taiwanese people in a professional world. But aside from that, if you are a member, it's $10. If you're not a member, it's $15. Um, if you have a real problem paying that, I know it is going to charity. But if you cannot, but you would like to attend, as I always say, DM me, okay? I've done this a few times for shows. I want to donate as well. I'm donating my time, but 
I always put aside funds to donate to these charities, so I'd be more than happy to cover your ticket, but I do want to make sure you will come. Um, so, because I'd love for the audience to be happy and excited to be there. So message me, tell me anything pod at gmail.com and just let me know your situation and I'm more than happy to buy your ticket for you. Um, that being said, it, the rest of you, if you guys want to buy tickets, it's going to be at tinyurl.com slash good, good laugh. Okay, that's G-O-O-D-G-O-O-D-L-A-U-F. Wow, that's not how you spell laugh. L-A-U-G-H. Okay, so it's also all over my profile. So feel free to follow me on social media and go to TeresaLeeComedy.com slash shows to see my latest shows. And um, I know I've already mentioned this, but my album is out. We're still doing this. That's what it's called. We are truly still doing this. Uh, it's every joke I wrote in 2020 recorded on a live Zoom show on New Year's Eve. You probably already know about it, but if you don't, and if you haven't listened to it or streamed it and you want to, you can do that. It's out everywhere now on Amazon Prime, on Spotify, on uh, iTunes, all the things. And uh, thank you for everyone who's already bought it, who's messaged me, who's rated it. Um, there's some really fun reviews on Amazon, so thank you for writing it. I think iTunes is a little delayed because I only see one review, and it's I love the username. It's like skaterpunk469 like or 42069 or something. But if you haven't rated it, I would really appreciate that. It would take a few minutes. You know, I'm just an independent small comedian with no label. So if you want to rate it on iTunes, that will help greatly. You can also buy it on Bandcamp. Um, that's probably the most direct way to buy it and because it's just the easiest way for you to get it directly, own the files, and um, I'm able to sort of manage that and interact with you more but it's truly up to you you can stream it for free on spotify i will say the Bandcamp version comes with two bonus tracks of me uh actual iphone recordings during quarantine of uh my like i guess my thoughts my journals so feel free to you know check that out and nobody has yet responded or reacted to those so i'm not sure if they're just crazy and people don't know what to think but i'm curious your thoughts and you can use code CONFIDANT for 20% off on Bandcamp. That will only work on Bandcamp. And uh, finally, I want to share a confession that was sent in to me over the podcast email. And if you want to send me a confession or say hi or anything, it's tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. And I have gotten permission to read this, so I'm going to read this confession. I won't use names. And if you do send me one, you, you're, you're free to tell me if you want me to read it or if you just want me to respond directly, sometimes I'm a little delayed, but I always get back to you. If you haven't heard from me for like months, you can follow up. Okay, so thank you so much for writing in um, to this confidant whose name I will not say. I'm going to read the email. Hi, Teresa. I wanted to send you this email to sell, tell you that I lost my virginity in high school to my drama teacher who was 20 years older than me. I know that seems like a humble brag, uh, and and in the first few years after it happened, that's how I felt about it. But now, nearly 15 years later, I have not managed to maintain a single healthy long-term relationship with another woman and harbor a lot of insecurities about things like sex and emotional intimacy. And I'm pretty sure it all stems from that being my first experience. So if you have any younger listeners who hear about teachers having sex with their students and think to themselves, LOL, that sounds awesome, please take it from me. It's not. If you ever find yourself having the opportunity, do whatever you can to not take it, because that's what I wish I had done back then. 
Thanks again for taking these. And yes, you are more than welcome to share this on an episode of You Can Tell Me Anything. Um, thank you for sharing this. Um, I, I really appreciate your vulnerability. And um, this is a trope that I've seen in TV. And I understand exactly what you're saying when you say, you know, that people say that sounds awesome. I think there's literally like a South Park episode about that where people go like, nice. Um, but the reality is you were a minor and however you want to define that experience is entirely in your hands. Um, but from the adult side, it is never okay to, I mean, from the adult side, outside of how you define your experience, that is illegal, you know, and, um, you can't consent as a minor. And I'm not saying this because you don't know, I'm saying this to the listeners of how I feel as minors were meant to explore because I remember being young and horny and and then also being old and horny and it's very different um because when you're older you have the experience it's not the age that gives you experience right but the age does come with experience and the ability to draw your own boundaries and have the comfort level to say no and some the fact is adults struggle with that too I you know still to this day feel odd sometimes when I'm uncomfortable in sexual situations but I like the person that I'm with you know and and it's very tough because you have to understand how to build trust and communication in order to explore and push limits um, which is something I enjoy doing consensually in the bedroom like role play but to get there you have to build trust which is very difficult to do when you are um, in high school so uh, I'm I'm very grateful for you to share for you sharing this. I think it's something that we don't a side of things. Oh, I guess, by the way, I should say, um, I think this confidant is, uh, cis male. Um, they didn't give me their pronouns, but so I'm sorry for just gendering you from your name and the story, but, and context clues, but, uh, these, the idea that like sleeping with an older woman as a young high school student makes you a stud. Um, and I think that idea comes from the fact that we perpetuate, you know, having sex at all to be this thing that's very, like, manly and cool. So in high school, the idea that you're having sex, maybe with a hot person who's older than you is cool. But those that can be true and also it can be true that that is not consensual sex and that is an adult taking advantage. Um, so it's... Because even two minors can feel uncomfortable about their situation. So I think it is important to think about sexual situations as nuanced and not binary. And I, I think it's okay to take time to look back on experiences and, think, and reevaluate and reprocess and redefine. Because it's not like you're changing the facts. And I really find that to be one of the most frustrating parts about the discussion. Uh, and I'm not saying that in your case it was assault. I, I will let you define your experience however you want. But... Um, in the case of a lot of publicized assault cases, they always, especially with adults, will go back and say things like, oh, well, like she wanted it then and then she regretted it. And this is a thing that comes up a lot on college campuses, especially in, you know, date rape situations. Um, And the reality is if the facts remain true, you can change how you feel about it. Because if you're uncomfortable in the moment, but you don't speak up, you may have conflicted feelings. Like I said, I've been in situations where I like the person I'm with and I want them to enjoy their time, but I don't want to do something. But they don't 
listen to the no. And I don't know how to reconcile that with the fact that I like them. So then later as I process, then I realize, hey, that's not cool. And they think, well, they got away with it. So, you know, I guess I don't think any of my listeners um, are on the side of like, I think more, most of you are self-aware, but in case anybody's listening and you're like, how do I know for sure they're into it? If you don't, then err on the side of caution, you know, because I'll say this, anytime I've been with someone where they're not sure or they back off and I am into it, I will make it very clear. So it's okay, you know, if you can't have sex tonight, um, because if the person you're with is into it and likes you, there's no time clock on that, okay? Unless you're literally, you know, doing something where it's like hot because you're running out of time. But in general, if you're ever, if you ever find yourself thinking, I better get, I better have sex now before they change their mind. Mm-mm, bad. Do not proceed any further. So anyways, that went really into a different direction. But um, thank you for sharing this. And once again, if you want to confess, you can send me messages. Tell me anything pod at gmail.com. Let me know if you want me to read it or if you just want a direct response. And finally, the episode you've been waiting for. Um, please, before you do, also, I want to let you know I'm plugging her podcast. She has actually a new podcast called I Love a Lifetime Movie with Naomi F. Kerrigan, who, oh gosh, I really want her on the pod as well, but she's very busy. So maybe, fingers crossed, it'll happen. But um, give it up for Megan Gailey. You can tell her. Father Longlegs, this is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. Uh, I'm very excited for my guest today. I've known her ever since I started in New York City, and she's just like a huge star now. I'm actually like, when I always say like, I'm so excited I got her, but I like, seriously, I feel like she's always so busy. She's always doing appearances all over. You've seen her on Conan. You've seen her on Lights Out. She has an album out called My Dad Paid For This and a new podcast called I Love a Lifetime Movie, uh, co-hosted with Naomi F. Kerrigan. Put your hands together for Megan Gailey. That's me clapping for myself. (laughs) I love that. Um, Yeah, I always introduce it like a live show. I don't know why. You you give a really good introduction. I did a show last night. Like I I got to do outdoor shows last night. (gasps) And there was a man who was hosting and he did not know like he was I don't think he was really like a comedian because like he didn't even know that like the last thing you should say should be their name oh yeah was it a charity you know? thing it, no, oh, no but okay. it, but it had a, I asked a, that because no not like there I was realized a step there's so many repeat so there were charity-esque uh, vibes I don't know why a step in, and this I man feel was like very I realized nice, like but. there's so many uh, interpretations of why I asked that so I feel like I have to explain it's not like why would you do a show if it's not no true? that's but, because like people that are not traditional yeah. like stand-up hosts yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah because the times mm-hmm. I've like done those they'll literally be like okay so we're gonna host here's the lineup I'm like great and then they're just like and go you're like oh oh you know what okay. this actually you saying this reminded me of something that I can confess to later on oh cool okay <laughs> well before we get too far I like to start on a positive note um which I guess outdoor show that that could be a positive humble brag yeah. but would you like to um, confess something good just so the listeners can get to know you and kind of have like something good to start off on? 
Oh, wow. Okay, guys, I'm vaxxed, and so I am, um, I'm volunteering. That's in person. This is like noble, but you're saying it. I, but the thing Such is, I need, on I, your face. I need everybody to be like, wow, she's good. You know, like uh -huh. I am volunteering. I didn't post any photos. I didn't tweet about it, but I did volunteer this week and I'm going to keep doing it as, I mean, I volunteered before the pandemic too. Mm. Um, I was a hospice volunteer. Yeah, I remember. I feel like we've talked about this off stage, but like that you were working with elderly. I love old people. Yeah. I mean, that's like a true, they're my people. So obviously this last year has been very hard for me um, because like this has hit them the hardest. Yeah. And also I can't like see them and hang out with them. And I just like, even when I see them at the grocery store now, I'm like, I hope you're okay. Um, my little sweetie pies. Gosh, there was a, a man, we were at like a, a bar recently, like outside and there was an old man there and him and I really connected and I could oh. tell the bartender hated him. And so I was like looking at the bartender, like, why are you acting this way to the man? And then the bartender when I got up there, he was like, that man is the worst. And I'm like, no. And he was like, he's wearing an NRA hat. And I'm like, I like still can't not be his friend. <laughs> like, I know that's wrong, but I just love this old man. And I'm still on the old man's side, even yeah, when they're bad, even when do, they're bad. There is a lot of bias against the elderly in ways yes. that like, it's made me even think sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I like, in, at the airport line when people are slow and it's an old person I catch myself now because I'm like yeah. you know, I'm trying to do that work of like realizing where my biases are and of course I still have them and I'm like yeah I guess if this was my grandma I'd be annoyed at anybody like judges being shitty yeah, yeah. the thing is their bodies are you don't know what kind of like just constant pain they may be in due to arthritis or just like living on this earth for a long time and they're having to do like new shit that they've never seen yeah. before it makes no sense and it sometimes takes them a beat and we're yeah. so like accepting of children going through that yeah. and just not accepting of anyone else that's true that's a good way to put it because i feel like a lot of like <laughs> seniors actually almost like built the world like they literally built the world we're in but like if you think about it figuratively too they all added to the zeitgeist in a way that got us here to accept like new technology and then when it moves past them and we forget about them we think it's their fault they're not on board but with children mm -hmm. it's like they know nothing and it's yeah. like we're just like oh my god so much potential it's like no they're full-blown fucking idiots <laughs> and i mean that with love i was a full-blown idiot too it's like didn't know you know how a baby came it's like yes you're you're dummy you're a dumb 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 but like an old person and obviously listen they held up some systems that weren't great like they're not without flaw but on like an individual basis like you so i mean just give them some grace yeah it's interesting because i think about that a lot about like how i'll be because i'm like you know right now i'm trying to be as plugged in and in tune with things as they happen but it does get tiring and I, to me I'm like well I'm always gonna be on the side of justice that's what I say but then I realize mm -hmm. like as you get older you just disconnect right like you have your yeah family unit you have less time to plug into the news and you are more susceptible to misinformation so sometimes it is a matter of like like when you said the NRA thing I mean I don't know this man at all but I do know that there are lobbyists that target older people with misinformation around issues like, you know, Second Amendment rights in a way that will almost create false, like a false narrative. Mm -hmm. 
And so that makes me go, oh, they could be victims too. Yeah, and then I'm no, like, oh shit, I could be I, like that. Like, we, oh, I also, it's like, we don't know if this man served. Yeah. And so it's like, it could be, he could be coming from a military background and this is just like what he thinks. But like, this is an old man who's living in Los Angeles in Highland Park, Los Angeles, which is like a young, extremely diverse yeah. neighborhood. When he walked past my husband, who is a Filipino man, he was like, hey, but like he, he was being kind yeah. to everyone. It just seemed like this bartender hated him. And I'm like, mm. I think you hated him and you're using this NRA hat as a reason to be like, this guy sucks. Bartenders and it's like, you really don't know his story. Like just judge based on tips. And I imagine old people are at a point where they're like, I'm not going to fucking tip you. You're not nice to me. And it's like, yeah, I would be the same way as an old person. Yes. But traditionally, I think old people do get a pass. But also as this, having been a waitress, I can, I can see that some bartenders yeah. misjudge. And it's like, hey, they're old. Let them like. Yeah, they, they don't know. Yeah. They don't know. And it's like right now it's so, I mean, we're afraid uh, over the last year. We've been afraid to go out or at least I have. And it's yeah. like, I, I'm not even in the the group that this could like die from it. You know, like these mm. people are like genuinely taking their yeah. lives in their hands by even going out. Just be nice. Give them a smile <laughs> when you give them this glass of wine. Oh, well, I love it. I feel like this is like watching you get heated and uh, about <laughs> like social justice, I feel like is like what I love so much because you're so good at like folding, like just being hilarious and folding punchlines into just messages that are like, oh, well, she slipped that in there. Wow. Thank um, you. I mean, I'm sure you have been told that before, <laughs> but um, I, this podcast, I actually started because I started going to therapy so late in life and I realized like how, I mean, it sounds dumb, but like, oh, talking to people about, you know, like things that are harder to talk about um, with your friends are like, it really changed my life. And mm -hmm. then I, doing comedy also helped because I realized a lot of comedians are very open about therapy. So mm -hmm. I do like to ask my guests because everyone comes from a different um, place when it comes to like mental health. Like, what's your mm -hmm. experience with therapy? And if you don't go to therapy, like, what's your sort of, like, self-care routine? Do you, I mean, you're very self-aware and very well-adjusted. So I'm curious, like, how you, do you have, like, routines that you do when, you know, you're having a bad day and things like that? Uh, so I started going to therapy when I was 12. Oh, um, okay. And I lost a friend in seventh grade to suicide. Oh. And so I think that really put a lot of, I mean, it definitely... I was going oh, through wow, something yeah. already and it made my mom who you know is a nurse and mm. I and and had had people in her own life struggle with mental health so she knew and and even though I grew up in a place where like I grew up in central Indiana mm. Indianapolis you, people were not talking about mental health in the 90s especially for like yeah. adolescents it was like rub some dirt on it and go out but <laughs> it was my like mom, a punchline in sitcoms like anytime yeah, I heard the yeah, word yeah 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 and like I had two older brothers and like they sort of had like acted out or had like snuck out, not even like bad or like found cigarettes. Uh -huh. And so they went to see this like counselor. Okay. And then my parents took me to see him and he was like, she needs to see like a specialist. <laughs> like she's above yeah. my pay grade. And so my mom found me a woman who specialized in adolescent girls. And I saw her until I was like 22, you know, way past oh, adolescence. Wow. And was um, started taking medicine at like 16. I've been on Lexapro for 
almost half my life. Uh-huh. And and then I went away from it when I was living in Chicago and I I was not in therapy during that time, but like I was it's funny because like that's when I was like really starting stand up. I was a yeah. waitress. Like there were all of these outlets for my mental health. Yeah. Um, and then when I got to New York, I really <laughs> struggled a lot. And so I yeah. saw a woman and then I've consistently been in therapy. No, I guess not consistently. I had like I'll I'll go through I'm on my like fourth therapist ever in my yeah. life right now. I think now. people go in and out and especially <laughs> if you started so young and you were um, building those tools. It makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm surprised by, well, first of all, I, I'm sorry about your friend. I, I didn't know that. Um, I'm, I think we've talked about it, but obviously, you yeah. know, that I lost my brother to suicide. So mm-hmm. I think that's, um, a topic that's very close to my heart, but I think a lot of people I speak with who had to go to therapy as children had bad experiences. So I'm surprised in like a positive, like in a, um, I don't know if it's pot. I'm pleasantly surprised to hear your experience because I haven't heard that much. So um, I'm interested to explore that because it sounds like not only did you, I mean, I'm, you kept going until you were 22. Yeah. So you formed a bond and trust <clears throat> with your A therapist. very close bond. And yes. like, I would see her, her name was Linda. I like still think about her. I'm like, <laughs> she saved my life, you know? Like it was, I, I was going through a lot and I was not showing any of it in my mm. like, outward world it was just really like contained to therapy and then I would go out and put on this like happy brave you know I was I was prom queen you know so I was like (laughs) pretending to if you guys didn't hear that she said she was prom queen (laughs) and so it's like you don't think of a prom queen having like these deep deep Mm. depression and and I really I was going through periods of very very traumatic um depression, but my mom was very much on board with it. <clears throat> and then I would see a different woman who was prescribing the medicine to yeah. me. So and it wasn't like, through school, right? Because it sounds no. like you, you re- I think that sometimes I'm sure school counselors are great, but sometimes it feels like they're like an HR department where they're there for liability. Cause yeah. everyone I've spoken to thus far, which I'm sure there are exceptions, but, um, like my, my brother went to a school <clears throat> counselor too. Like they mm-hmm. tend to be more like oh, let me make sure you're in the system. But it, it sounds like going to a specialist does change it, because they and, know what you need. And it's a true privilege. Like it was, my parents were paying out of pocket. And I remember mm. my dad like specifically being like, the shit is expensive. Like, I mean, you know, it was like $200 an hour. This is now mm-hmm. 15 years, like a long time ago. Yeah. And it was like, and I was going weekly and my parents were paying that out of pocket. And my mom was like, that's what we have to do. You know, like yeah. we're doing that. But it was like, a it, it definitely was a point of contention between them, the cost of yeah. what my therapy was. It's tough to think about it that way because it's <clears throat> so, it's one of those things that can feel so black and white. And I don't think I even, like before I lost my brother, I, I was going to therapy, but only on insurance and afterwards, yeah even when I couldn't find the right people on insurance, because LA, most are just mm-hmm. out of network. I realized I was like, this is a cost that's worth it. Like some people buy, you know, go out and drink. Some people buy shoes. I probably still do those things, but I just had to think about it as this isn't an extra thing. Like I, right. like there is a point where if you leave it, you know, alone too long that it can go really south. So it's cool it's that your parents up. did that. Yeah. But it's also fucked up that, like, insurance wouldn't pay for a child yeah. to go to therapy. You know, it's like, yes. it would, I mean, and, and and that same insurance plan is perhaps different now. You know, it may just not have been 
I, I don't think mental health was as taken was taken as seriously when we were growing up. And so maybe that is covered now, but it's like, just pay for the fucking insurance. Yeah. Like just, I mean, just, just insurance, just pay for this. Like it's, it's, if I needed an inhaler, you would pay for yeah. it. If I needed. But to call it mental health as a separate thing from health. Yeah. Like strain. I, I will <laughs> say like, I, it probably has changed a little, but from some experience researching last year into trauma therapy, it hasn't changed a lot because I did seriously look into going to like more intensive trauma mm-hmm. therapy to deal with some stuff. And it like everywhere I went was like, because I was proactively trying to like prevent yes, getting worse. Yes, preventative care. Yeah, I could sense that like I have patterns and I was like I'm not at a point where I was like, in danger or crisis, but everywhere I went, they were like, do you know what this means? Like, if you put yourself in an institution, like, usually people get checked in against their will. And I was like, well, that sounds like a problem. So there really isn't a place for people who don't want to get to that point where they're checked mm-hmm. in against their will and want to prevent it. So I've, mm-hmm. I've turned to, like, that's why I like to explore everybody's experience, because I don't think there is one that's perfect yet, but I think do- doing anything at all and working on it is really, like, kind of the key, but... Yeah. Um, I want to uh, go back to one thing you said because you, you were talking, talking about the prom queen and I <laughs> did you did you watch that? <laughs> not not just to keep bringing it up, but Thank although you. I do think it's really cool. <laughs> but um, did you did you watch a Britney doc on Hulu? Yes. So yeah. that to me made me realize like when we were growing up, it was that feeling of like, oh, you can't be like the popular girl and have all these feelings because the idols we saw were like that. And then watching that doc made me realize, like, well, there was something I connected to her. Like, mm-hmm. she felt all those things. And she was mm-hmm. just hiding it. And so I think that it's an illusion that you couldn't be that. In fact, actually, I think most people who have the capacity to be those leaders and to be, you know, held together, like the prom queen, you know, the team captains, Britney Spears, have struggled with anxiety yeah. and depression. And, and I very well could have been like open about it it was just whatever my perception was oh, at, oh like, yeah i know like i'm not saying you should yeah yeah of course girl, that, that's but like it, what it was at the time yeah but, i mean it's funny too because i feel like when my sister first met you she was like i love her she reminds me of britney spears so maybe that's why I made <laughs> oh that. my gosh no i mean it's still so, like even i i try and be more open now and, and like stand up mm-hmm. obviously pushes you to be vulnerable but it's like I I almost sometimes worry now that I like put too much out there but it's like it really is a defense mechanism of just like my own fear of I don't want to go back to that place where I'm pretending and I'm really like dying inside yeah well I think that's really well said um but we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back uh, we'll talk about your confession and we're back Megan, what a great break, and I'm so excited because um, I love talking to you, and I can't wait to hear. Is there anything you would like to tell me? I um, get satisfaction from picking my nose. (laughs) Okay. Oh, that's a fun one. (laughs) And, like, my husband, you know, he obviously sees it, and he's like, Uh you you don't adjust for me being around at all, and I'm not eating them. But I just like <laughs> I like that that's your first just like don't worry I'm not eating I'm not eating the boogers but like and and obviously like blowing your nose is great too. Is but it it's specifically like, that you're okay? This is so interesting because I don't think it's as un- uncommon as you think. I yeah I don't have this as, as an adult now, but I definitely had a phase as a kid where it was like 
an obsession with like getting everything out of my nose. Yes, that's how it, and like, the thing is, I'm like, I'm, I floss multiple uh-huh. times a day. Like, I just like love flossing. And I just, when I wake up or like, I'll, you know, I'll be working out or something. And I'm like, I know that there's a booger in my nose. <laughs> it just drives me insane. And I don't like it clogged up there. And so I take true, I, I like, my husband's in the share we're he's in the room next door and I'm he's gonna be like, What are you telling people on podcast? And so I just like to get it clean cleaned out. And you know, I I my mom made me use like a neti pot at some like remember okay. those and it like totally grossed me out. I was like horrified. And even when I see people use like the wax things where they like take it out of their ears, Ooh, like I yeah. I have no I don't like any of that. I just do not like like right now, it's like I could fully pick if you were not here, I'd be picking my nose while I'm sitting at my computer because I feel boogers in there right now. Is it this? Okay, so because, first of all, I will relieve you of your shame because it's definitely not, I'm sure it's not common. People just don't talk about it as much. So I'm very glad you're sharing this. And I'm. this is a fun one to talk about. But I'm curious, like, the satisfaction, is it coming? Because, you know, there are um, sometimes, like, ticks where you're, like, obsessed with doing something over and over. But it sounds like, mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. with That's the not- fact that you're, like, if you see the thing that's coming out, you know that it's gone. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I love that. And like, I don't get the same satisfaction when I just blow my nose. Yeah, because it's, well, I mean, I don't know. Do you look at the tissue after you're blowing your nose? I mean, yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a looker. Okay, I look okay, at everything. Okay. I look, you know, look at my underwear. Look at, like, when uh-huh. I'm white, I just like, Look. Well, that's healthy, I think. <laughs> I love to pee clear. You know, I'm just really yeah. into... And a part of this, too, may be having, like, a nurse for a mom. Mm. That, like, there's just... You're, she was so desensitized to everything. Gotcha. Like, having a nurse for a mom is amazing because, like, nothing disgusts them. Like, uh-huh. really, I pooped my pants at school, in high school. I pooped my pants, <gasps> like... School? Yeah, it was really fucked up, actually. I was so deathly ill. That's why ill. you're pumping. I was so deathly ill, Aww. and my drop, my theater teacher was like, "If you don't come in and do your scene, like you're getting an F or something, like bad." And so I had to go in and do it, and then I like finished and was like, "I need to go to the nurse's office." And she was like, "Okay." And so as I was going to the nurse's Aww. office, I pooped my pants, and then my mom came from work and Aww. cleaned it up Aww. because like, cause she, my, I was like, I called her. I'm like, "Mom," <laughs> you know, I'm a grown up at this point. I was like, I, I think I'd driven myself there and I was like you got and this is not the last time I put my pants either I was like you gotta come get me and she she comes and she's like well I can't make she knew of course she knew the school nurse you know all the nurses know each other she's like well I can't make her clean it up and you're so sick that like if you clean it up you're gonna puke again and so and that's just like but they also like a mom who's a nurse they like know when you're faking sick Mm. like I was not able to get out of anything that way Oh, that's so interesting. And like, so was there a health element to the, like the nose thing? Because like you're adding this extra layer that I never thought about. Like if, having a mom that's a nurse, it's like you are, cause some people do like, like, you know, when you say you're a looker, like you're checking for health. Like my, yeah. my, my mom's not a nurse, but when I first got my dog, I would like call her and ask her about like, is this normal? Cause she has dogs. Yeah. And she was like, yeah. here's what I did with you guys. I always yeah, just yeah, yeah. the poop. So if your yeah. dog is pooping normally, I wouldn't worry. And then I always think about that now. Cause when mm-hmm. he's like sad looking, I'm just like, all right, let me see what your poop's like. Yeah. I guess I do just like to, I like to keep tabs on the secretions of my body. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. And um, so this is what is fascinating to me because I think most people who are listening to this know you because you're a... I'm a girly girl. You're a very... Yeah, you're not... You're a girly girl. You're very, like, I would even say, like, a popular girl if we were in high school. You know what I mean? Like, which traditionally um, the booger pickers would have been on the other side. Yes. Right, So this is what I'm very fascinated by because I... I feel like I was maybe more of a dork in school, and so I would hide that stuff, and then mm-hmm. maybe succeeded in hiding it enough to, like, maybe that's why I never leaned into it. But then when I think about it, it's like, there's nothing inherently dorky about no. wanting to no, it's like clean up your nose. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, so yeah, so I'm curious, like, were you always this open and free around your, like, friends in school? No. Oh, no, 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 no. It was like, I wasn't, I mean, like... No, like, my period was, like, horrifying to me. Like, everything, I was just like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassed. Everything, like, mortified me. And now I just fully pick my nose in my car in traffic. Like, I'm just, like, and I don't need, I'm just, like, I, my car is, like, very freeing for me. I love doing it there. I have floss in my car. Like, I I'm have just, feel, I call my car my womb. I love, because it. It's like, especially in LA, when you're driving around all the time and you're like yeah. far away, it's like the feeling of just sitting in your car. So I really Yeah, and you got to have a lot of shit in there because you're going to be in there for like an hour and a half. And uh-huh. so it's like, I, I you know, I, I don't, I, I probably should get tissues in my car. That would actually <laughs> be. You should get tissues in your car, whether you pick your nose in it or not. I feel like it's right. a good thing to have in your car. But I do see a lot of people also picking their nose in their car. So I think maybe yeah. that's a safe place. Have you, you ever like at work. made eye contact with someone while you were picking your nose and they were also, and you're like, whoa? Yes, for sure. And I've also made eye contact with someone while I was picking my nose and they were not. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> Has anyone ever called you out about it? Just my husband. <sighs> what this, it's so, cause you're so like, I feel like you, I can't see you getting embarrassed <clears throat> about that. And I could almost see if someone gave you shit, like you would embarrass them. But when did that change? Cause you're saying like in high school, you were very like embarrassed and all that. Was this mm-hmm. more of like an adult thing doing comedy and finding sort of like, oh, I can just be myself. Or was there more of like, like earlier on where you sort of like, oh, I have this confidence and it doesn't really matter, you know, what I do, because especially because these are natural things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would like sometimes come out. Like I remember in seventh grade, a guy like took a um, like a pad out of my locker and like threw it on the floor and was like, oh, and I was like, so I had my period. What? You know, like I'm a woman. And so like there were glimpses of that when it's like you at that traditionally would have like mortified me. But for some mm-hmm. reason, like maybe because a guy did it, like I was always fine, like yelling at a man. Um, but it's then, like you're, you're reminding me of in Mean Girls when they cut the holes in Regina George's um, yeah. tank. And then she's like, hmm. Like, yeah, I guess it was like, that vibe too. But then, you know, I was in a sorority. I lived in a, a house with like 90 other women and part of that was just learning like oh women are gross oh you know like (laughs) our bathrooms are gross like guys are definitely gross when I go into a guy's bathroom it it is different like there's just (laughs) hair in places that's crazy but it's like so I think women are perhaps better at cleaning up after themselves when they're gross but our bodies are, you know, bleeding a lot. And so it was like when you're around 90 girls that are like 18 to 21, like you see a lot of shit. 
That's, and it really makes you be like, oh, okay, I'm not the grossest. That's really funny because I think, yeah, I think guys inherently, like, especially college boys, are gross in that their environment is gross. But I almost had the opposite thought is like, girls, like, like with the hair and products and everything, like, I feel like girls put more time into looking good when they step out of the house. Yeah. And way less time into, at least when you're like in your college years, way less time into the environment. And I was very shocked when I, like in the same way, like when I went to school and like hung out at my girlfriend's houses where they were, it would literally be like, like Chipotle on the yeah. pillow next to a vibrator. And then uh-huh, uh-huh. At, like I went to a bachelorette par- party where we like rented an Airbnb and I was like, nobody brought shampoo, but there was like dry, like dry, dry shampoo. And I'm like, yeah. this is like, we just assumed it was like, eh, we're just gonna like, just do the Febreze thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then mm-hmm. guys are just not thinking about it and it gets gross over time. But I feel mm-hmm. like they don't really like need Yeah, that. like I taught my husband what a whore's bath was like two weeks ago <laughs> he's like what's that i'm like you just you just like splash some stuff on your parts and he's ah. like oh okay i just would take a shower i'm like well sometimes you just want to splash some water on yeah. your parts and be out the door that's so funny my boyfriend doesn't have a blow dryer and which i guess it's like he has short hair but i'm always like mm-hmm. appalled i'm like wait how do you you're an adult like you never needed like and i'm like i guess you guys just don't need as many things i have a sister-in-law who doesn't have a blow dryer and then I think she maybe now has gotten one because I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, and she has like long, beautiful hair. And I just was like, what kind of woman? Um, and and like made like a big stink about it. And so she may have one now, but it's like worse than a hotel one. That's so funny because I realized like, yeah, so many of the habits I picked up of like what is like quote unquote normal, like girly is mm-hmm. From living or being around girls like in college because I never yeah. used moisturizer and I mean I guess in it's like not like I had great skin I had okay skin through high school so I didn't have to think about it but like I just never knew you were supposed to do it until my skin started getting really dry and then I was asking friends for tips and they're like well what moisturizer do you use and I was like What's up? What do you mean? Peggy had me on like a skin regimen and like got my eyebrows done, you know, and she wasn't like, it wasn't toddlers and tiara shit. She just was like, I know that you're going to do something stupid. So (laughs) I'm just going to meet you ahead of that stupid thing. And we're going to get you on a good path. That's nice. That's like, I feel like that's my eyebrows are gone now because I started getting them waxed in the nineties. Your eyebrows look great, but I feel like you hit a great point about the toddlers and tiaras because I also know kids whose parents like were like you're 12 I'm gonna take you to get your hair dyed blonde for the rest of your life in a way where it's like I want you blonde but it sounds like your mom's values were it was like I want you to feel good and I'm gonna help you but this isn't the main thing and so we're not gonna have like trash stuff you know like she just was like like, yeah you're gonna get your eyebrows and you're gonna shave them off and like (laughs) there's a lot of bad examples of beauty um Uh I cut my own hair in third grade so yeah and like I my mom like got her hair stuck in some and like she let me get bad highlights you know like I have auburn hair and I just like wanted to be blonde so badly so she was like okay fine and I got bad highlights and I thought they were awesome and I look back on photos and I'm horrified by them and but at some point I like stopped doing that and that was probably college I was like maybe I'm not blonde maybe this is not the life for me oh I mean you're telling me I I had 
blonde hair until the pandemic, and then it grew out. So. I thought it looked good on you, though. Oh, thank you. But, was... Like, you're also a grown-up, like, a 13-year-old <laughs> getting highlights. Like, I was getting, like, they put the cap on you, and oh, then they yeah. tweeze out hairs. I mean, that's what where, that's what was happening in Indianapolis in the 90s. <laughs> so it was, like, not good highlights either. That's so funny because I – it's, like, the – like how you, who you were in school it was probably like in school who I was like wanting desperately to be when I was a kid because I wasn't allowed to wear makeup and things like that. But I like at one point I <laughs> I just had a picture oh, fall. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Is any a ghost. Are you haunted? Um, a ghost. <laughs> it's all good. Um, you know, sometimes pictures frames fall. There was an earthquake the other day. I like oh, to just yeah. pretend that it's not a ghost and it's just earthquake that really spooked me um did it really just fall on its own um well that didn't that no there's kind of a constant on my desk like things (gasps) fall because i have i like crammed too much stuff on there um but the earthquake did really scare me to be shook awake at 4 a.m by the earth oh boy (laughs) it was like a you up text from mother earth and I think we need to listen. I think she's mad. Yeah. Um, and I do, like, there is something about an earthquake that is kind of fun. Like, I do, like, I, we grew up with tornadoes, and I, like, love tornadoys to this really? day. Yes, and I had multiple friends whose, like, houses were ripped down. Oh like, gosh. I saw the ramifications of Mother Nature, but, like, when that sky gets yellowy-green, ooh, I get some some endorphin. Oh. I, like, I was like, I should be a storm chaser. Like, when I saw Twister, wow. I was like, yes, this is for me. What is what happened? I mean, I've never. There was a tornado once in the bay when I was really little, but I don't remember seeing it. But everyone tells a story about how it blew the roof off of a church. But like, what's fun about it? Is it just like the change, or I think it's the like adrenaline. Oh wow! Yeah, and we used to have like we would have tornado like we would leave school early if there uh-huh. was severe weather coming. Um, but then we also had to stay at school. I remember in elementary school and high school specifically, had to stay at school till like 6 p.m. because the weather was so bad that they couldn't send us home. Whoa, that's yeah. so interesting. I like, I you just put like, put, made my brain go in a place where I was like, do I have anything like that? And I don't even know if this is similar at all, but I, it's going to sound insane because I don't actually want to be beat up. But I have that feeling when I like know I'm about to like, it's not even just like a workout, but like, like for example, like I'm bad at snowboarding when I'm like, I'm going to go snowboarding. It's not even about being like the snowboarding itself. I get excited for like, kind of like beating up my body and the feeling after of like oh I really like went through it and I'm all like sore yeah I don't know what that is I don't actually want to get beat up but sometimes I just say like I want to get into a ring and just have like beat the shit out of me just because I like want to know like the limits of my body but you know okay just play my please don't do that (laughs) I don't think that's um I'm sure there's people that feel that way I do not feel that way um (laughs) but but yeah I guess I mean this is not the same, but like when I would before Soul Cycle class, I would definitely be excited to be like, I know that this is gonna like whoop my ass. Yeah, there's definitely like a a, a thrill and a change that um, excites me. Okay, I want. Okay, so I'm curious how you react to other people now because we we've definitely established that you're very comfortable. Do you get grossed out by other people doing stuff like that? Like, cause like you do seem like a very put together person. I mean, mm-hmm. you are, I'm saying like you. like you seem in the sense that like, <clears throat> I, I don't know how I would feel if I was like sitting on a plane next to someone like, 
you know, going, going ham in their nose. Like, no, I would not like that. I would not <laughs> like that. And, and like, I, I've, I've worked at a retirement community, which a lot of people think are gross and I do not like, there's just mm. really nothing about them that grosses me out. Like when people are like the smell, I'm like, like it. They're like, they make me sad. I'm like, they make me happy. You know, like they just, the oh, triggers for other people are not for me. And I was a nanny. So I've definitely like yeah. been shit on, peed on, slobbered on, <laughs> puked on. Um, but just people like saying a, that retirement communities make them sad is like kind of exposing their cards because like they're not, there's some really nice ones and there are some really, especially the ones where they need volunteers. They tend to be uh, more in need, but it's mm-hmm. sad because of how few people are helping, not because of the people. Like, that's how I, think I always some feel people like... think they're sad because of the people, though. I, yeah, man. I mean, because I, I, I volunteered it's... at ones where it's like they really, the cots are close together. They, it, do, it really doesn't feel like yeah. a nice place to be, and that's what mm-hmm. makes me sad. But then I'm like, I'm glad I'm here with the people because they seem to not have their family and friends around. And, yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, going back to the elderly thing. I think you're a better person than most people. Um, but to answer your question, if a man or if a man or woman were picking their nose on a plane next to me, I would be pissed. <laughs> I would be really fucking pissed. You wouldn't be like, oh, I, I understand. No. 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 <laughs> I'd be like, go in the bathroom, you sick fuck. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, I think I'm the same way. Do you watch ASMR videos? I feel no, like no, they gross me out. Oh, really? I like, don't. Okay. I don't like pimple, Doctor Pimple Popper. Okay. But like, I do. I like sit on every public restroom toilet. Interesting. I just am like, I gotta sit. I guess I it's like down. that's probably not the place you'll get the most germs. But I just, I I'm also just, a, I'm a squatter. I just think if we all sat, then we wouldn't have to be squatting because like the squatting is what mm. gets the pee splatter. And it's like, well, you know, like if we were all sitting, then our pee would be going in the toilet. Perhaps. That's that what I you, think. Have a, you have a very optimistic uh, vision of, I think. <laughs> of, of the world that I'm not sure I uh, totally agree on. Yeah, Although I'm not. Like also the same girls who are scared of uh, sitting will also do coke off the toilet seat. So then I'm like, I don't know, man, just do you. <laughs> I heard this crazy story once and it was truly like in a bathroom stall next to me. So I do not know that I don't even like uh-huh. remember where I was. But these two girls in a bathroom stall next to me were like, so and so can't remember the girl's name. We'll say her name's. Ashley. Ashley was on her, Ashley was on her bachelorette party and Mm -hmm. in Vegas and was squatting and her pee splashed back up and got in her eye. And then she had pink eye for her wedding. Oh no. So that's a cautionary tale. Yeah. I didn't know that was possible, but. I know. uh, I thought only poop gave you pink eye, but I don't know. (laughs) I mean, maybe Ashley did some other wild shit in Vegas, you know? Wow. People definitely get pink eye from Vegas. Yeah, I, but I would imagine, and maybe just even getting in the pool. That I, that's Oof. man. That's as a person with anxiety, I have yeah. now new two, two now two things to be anxious about. Um. I got sick from a pool in Mexico. Really? Yeah, I like, got gastroenteritis. Like rashes? No, no, full oh, no. intestinal <gasps> oh, no, bacterial like infection. Oh, no. Also, another time I shit my pants man. in the sorority house. Pretty tough. Pretty tough to poop your pants in a house with ninety women. You would think girls would be understanding, but that actually they, goes they to were. the They were. They took me to the emergency room. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, I was going to say, though, because you said something about like being more embarrassed in front of girls than guys, and I do think that's interesting because I remember feeling more like needing to f- – I mean, I don't know if this goes back to me being like cl- – like I wasn't closeted openly because I 
wasn't aware that I was queer, but like being bisexual uh-huh. and like feeling different, like always wanting to be like prove that I was like also a girl, which I am, which is why it's so funny. But then also not caring as much in front of guys, which you would think. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense when I think about it now because I feel like girls try to put that air on because they want guys to see them as girly. Yet we care more about what the other girls think. Yeah, I definitely wanted guys to think I was like pretty and hot. Yeah. And then when they, like when that wasn't happening, I was like, whatever. <laughs> then I like sort of gave up caring. I feel like guys, especially adults, I don't think any men. Well, I don't want to say any, but I think most adult men will like if they think you're hot it i don't think a, a booger pick a fart no. anything i don't think no. they give a no. fuck about it no. like they they have very low like quality like, standard oh, i'm glad like that's that makes her hotter i think there's like even that like she's a cool girl yeah well that's interesting too because there's like weird double standard for the cool girl thing because i think some people lean into it in a way where it's like I don't know. I definitely am guilty of that. I've leaned into, like, especially doing comedy uh, in my, you know, my early years of comedy. There's a lot of, like, oh, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would dress down, like, um, wear, like, hoodies and, like, baggy pants because I didn't want to seem like, I don't know. It's weird because now I'm, like, you, it's okay to wear hoodies, but I'm, like, that wasn't my style at the time. I always, right. like, transformed my style to be no style. To fit that. Yeah, and I was dressing up and and still like to. I and, love that. And you want to look good on stage or a performer. And had like headliners be like, "Do not wear that. Don't wear a dress really? tomorrow." And I was like, um, "Whoa!" Like yeah. men or women or both? Men, men. Ugh. Like you should dress like you know in like softball tees and jeans. And it's like if I feel like it, I will. But if I feel like being in a dress, I'm going to wear a dress. And like that's fun. And yeah. it gives me something to talk. Like I-, I talked about my outfit on stage last night. Like part of it too is I, I don't – I it's just not – I don't want to go up um, looking shitty. And yeah. I just – I'm like people are looking at me. I want to turn a look for sure. Yeah. And I can't believe that that was like discouraged early in my career. And I think it's fucked up. That's wild. I've never heard of um, someone just straight out saying that. Like, I've definitely heard mm-hmm. of people like, like, it's all, you know, we all have been there and seen the judgment that new newer female comedians get, especially because like new comedians in general are just not always funny. But newer female comedians, if they're attractive, tend to get a lot of scrutiny for the way they dress or that, you know, uh-huh. whatever. And that's just so wild. That's like the the audacity that you're already on a show. You you look good. You're funny, and then they're like, mm, "We have to find something wrong with this." Yeah, Ugh. and and it, there would also be that thing. And I and I do think this exists to some extent of like, well, if you're dressed a certain way as like a female as a comedian, <laughs> that's a woman. You're gonna go on stage, and there's gonna be women that are gonna be um, huh. uncomfortable by that, like this is like this is the old timey thinking of like yeah. a woman will see you and be like i hope my man isn't looking at her cuz she looks good and i'm like i don't know i think i don't think so i don't think i don't think women are concerned about losing their men to me after watching me perform i just don't think that that's like real and i I don't know. I think women appreciate when other women look good. They're like, okay, that's fun. And if a woman was in a hoodie, they'd be like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I didn't. didn't I don't think it hurt me, but it did make me realize that I was like, like once I, you know, started doing shows that would have photos come out. I was like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. like. Hmm, 
I could look better. But I that's so interesting that guys think that because I think that is how they view women. Yeah, because Yeah, we all hate each other. I I've, <laughs> I've done I mean, you've you've toured a lot more than me, but that like what I was surprised by when I started doing more like sort of road shows was especially when I was like the only woman on the lineup of how these guys like there's this unspoken like alarm when the show lets out that they all kind of like go line up at the front to like greet mm-hmm. the girls like like mm-hmm. a, it's not even like like it was so weird the first time I saw it because nobody like says anything it's like usually I'm just like hanging out for the next till the next show but I noticed all the guys were just like casually gravitating towards the front and then girls would come up to them and I was like mm-hmm. oh this is what's going on and it was fun when like women came up to me because I think some of them are dragged there by you know I'm sure yeah <laughs> most 100%. of them are dragged there by their oh par- yeah it's boyfriend. so satisfying when the yeah. women come and they're up not and even trying to, to be like you know gel- they're literally just like thank you for uh not being a man <laughs> like, yeah presenting a perspective other than these people yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like we got through so much today and I'm it's always such a pleasure to talk to you and I feel like you have such well rounded um opinions and I don't know. I always it's so fascinating to me because I remember I don't know if you remember this, but what I think we met at the <clears throat> Legion uh open I'm mic sure, I'm sure way back in the day. And that was literally like my maybe like my first week of stand up or something. I, I oh, was really? like I didn't I, know that. Well, I was doing like improv so I was like around, so I kinda like quote-unquote cheated my way into stand-up uh-huh. in the sense okay. that I didn't tell anybody I was like not yeah. a stand-up mm-hmm. but when I decided I wanted to be more serious I lived like a block from there so that was like the one I went to every Sunday I remember meeting you there and being like oh my gosh she's so funny so it's, it's really cool to like be able to like unpack all this with you because these are all things I think a lot of people relate to being not even on stage but just also being a woman in comedy you think like yeah, you have to think about all this stuff, but you don't even think about it until after when you realized, oh, I was doing all this work yeah. that I didn't need to be doing. I could just yeah, yeah, yeah. have relaxed and like, you know, pick my fucking nose or whatever. No, you're just like, <laughs> I like this thing. I'm going to keep doing it. And uh-huh. you don't really realize. Yeah, you're exactly right. All the all the crazy shit you're putting up with to just do a thing you like. Yeah. Um, well, I want to end with a quick little game. It's kind of just silly, but I know you're a fan of sports and housewives. Yeah. So yes, very, uh, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, housewife or MVP. It's just gonna, I'm going to read a quote and insult, okay. you know, some beef, something someone said. Um, oh, okay. You know, and I have house- to say if it's a housewife or an athlete. Yes. Exactly. Okay, great. I hope I do a good job. <laughs> I think you will. Um, it's just so fun that there's, so, I, w- I wish I like knew in more as much as you did. Cause I'm like, I'm sure there's even better insults, but though I like, Let's see what you, let's see how you do. Okay, so here's the first one. I don't care if it's Versace name brand. I don't care. You take this home and you burn it. Oh, um, that is a housewife. Are you sure? Oh, it's not? It's Kevin Garnett. He was telling. I could have sworn it was like. The announcer. I mean. It was Real Housewives of Potomac. I thought it was maybe someone said to Karen Huger. Maybe. Well, that wow, would be a- but I love that for Kevin Garnett. I'm yeah. happy. I'm not even upset I got it wrong. I love that. That would be wild if they both said the same thing. But yeah, KG said this to a TNT announcer 
about uh, what he was wearing. Yes, he hated Beautiful. his suit, and he, apparently this announcer like wears wacky suits all the time. And Kevin had oh had yes, enough. I know who this is. Okay, great. I love. Okay, I listen. Oh for one, but I'm but I feel happy for Kevin. I mean, yeah, and he was just like, hey, don't wear this. Um, okay, this one is you're a slut pig. Okay, that's definitely a housewife. Do you know who it is? And yes, it was Kim Richard saying to Brandy Glanville. Yes, okay, very good, very good. I, I didn't, ever, like, I, I was like, maybe this will throw you off because it's so obvious. Okay, um, how about this one? Take a Xanax. Um, yeah. That was Ramona Singer saying to Aviva Drescher. Oh, my God, you really know your quotes. Okay, <laughs> dang. Okay, here's... Um, what the uh okay there's a bad word in here that was bleeped okay. out so what the bee who ordered this crap i wouldn't feed this to my dog okay i think this was a basketball player in the nba bubble randy moss is oh okay so randy moss but also. it is possible that that has has been said more than once but it is a but very I, housewifey diva thing to say uh, um but i did get athlete right and i love yeah. randy you. Love Randy, famously fake mooned. Ugh, he's a great. I I worship him. I love. Yeah, I love the conspiracy theories that float around uh, the athletes. Wait, did you say fake moon? Like he thinks the la moon landing's fake? Oh no no no! But that there are oh. athletes that do um, that think the Earth is flat and that we did not okay. land on the moon. I guess I didn't no, get the he, reference. No, he once like fake pulled down his pants. Like he <gasps> didn't. He just like pantomimed oh. mooning, and people lost their shit. It's like he <laughs> didn't even moon you. Like mooning is funny, and he didn't even do that. Mooning is so funny. I w I want to normalize like butts in a non-sexual way it's it's a crusade i'll never win but i yeah i think butts are hilarious yeah. always thought they're hilarious as a kid i think they're funny now but it's a little and different fake now. mooning is it's so funny body. he was yeah. fake mooning the crowd it was hilarious it's context it's like obviously if you're like here's my juicy booty and i'm gonna like twerk then it looks sexual but if i'm like haha here's a full moon whatever no, he nobody agrees nobody agrees with me but he was so. doing it out of anger which makes it better <laughs> Who's the guy who sent the fake, uh, no, the real dick pic on accident? Was it Clay Thompson? Oh my God. Oh, I mean, I've seen a lot of athletes. There was one where like he posted picks. it on Snapchat, public, but he meant There was it. a man, there was a NBA player who went live <gasps> on accident getting oh, I think his dick sucked by his girlfriend. No, oh no! Was, um, oh God. He's on the Jazz or Nuggets. Oh my it's not God. Donovan Mitchell. He had like a great bubble oh, um, time. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, uh, I, hope she, I hope she got some sort of settlement out of that. I feel like Well, it's, they're still together, I think. And I she was like, but then she was like a really hot volleyball player or soccer player. And so then like there were all these pictures, you know, oh, the yeah. men mean, were very excited. I guess being a public figure, I, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you did great on this game. Um, no surprises. Um, so congratulations. Your prize is you get to tell us uh, where to find your comedy, where to follow you, anything you want to plug. Oh, I would love for people to listen to the Lifetime podcast. Naomi and I have so much fun covering these truly wild movies. Um, we just did one called Did I Kill My Mother? Question mark. You know, just fun titles. So um, listen to that. And then my Twitter is at Megan Gailey. And I feel like I post shows and anything I have coming up. So and then just, you know, fun little thoughts that pop into my dumb head. Yeah, follow Megan. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I forgot to read a tweet of yours, but I'll read it right now because I like to read them in the beginning. When your husband has a sneaker obsession, all shoes are Satan shoes. 
I found that hilarious. Thank referencing you. Lil Nas X's uh, Satan. Love Lil Nas X. Uh, He's a king. Yeah, I mean, great, great, great political and just general humor on Megan Gailey's Twitter. I recommend you. you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you.